Hello, one and all, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Very excited to be here today because today we are another day closer to the 2021 NFL Draft, and I'm, oh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. We are 20 days away from the day the show comes out on April 9th from the NFL Draft. How, how exciting is that? How exciting is that? We are about to find the fate of all of these 21 to 23 year olds or 20 to 23 year olds and it's going to be exciting we're going to be pissed off when our team does not draft a player that we thoroughly scouted and we know all the ins and outs of this player we're not going to be happy at all with what they draft because you know it works out a lot (laughs) when we get overly dramatic about when a player we didn't want goes to our team the at the end of the clip that I played for the Logan Blackman Show preview for Wednesday's show. It was about Mac Jones getting drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. If you listen, didn't listen to the show, highly recommend it. We went through Mock Draft 5.0. And speaking of Mock Draft 5.0, we filmed another Mock Draft Minute video. But the problem is why it wasn't out the day after the show came out, as it usually has been, is because the friend I called gave me a forfeit that I could not do on that night. So we're going to get together this weekend and go through with the forefront. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's my least favorite. It was probably the lowest out of all the things I would want to do. And I didn't think about this. It was so low on my radar screen when I called my friend Noah. So if you know Noah, you might have a general idea of what he said. Let's just say this. It is not a like ice bath or something like that. Or you have to eat something gross or you have to put your body through physical trauma. No, it's just emotional trauma. And maybe some physical trauma if I were to go into the wrong part of town wearing that. Now, it's bad. Let's just put it like that. It's nothing like offensive. To some people, I guess it might be offensive. But to, to fans of this team, let's just say it like that. It's nothing like brutal or that could get you anybody canceled or anything. It's just something that I don't want to do. And I'm going to leave it at that. Sell. Sell this. Drama sells. We're going to get you guys amped up for the Mock Draft Minute, which is never actually a minute-long video. The vi- the Mock Draft Minute part is actually a minute, but the minutes the, the videos actually range from somewhere to 6 to 10 minutes, and I'm viewing that because the two videos we have put out of this have been 6 and 10 minutes. So yeah, get overly amped up about that. But yeah, back to the NFL Draft coming up in 20 days, which again, thoroughly exciting. But we have examples at the like at the end of the thing, the video I did for that little teaser, a little two-minute teaser I like to put out before every show. The thing is, I forgot to post it <laughs> uh, on Thursday, or on Wednesday when the show came out. But at the end of it, I threw in two pictures of one player you should definitely know And another player you might not be as familiar with, but we talked about them on the show. So one of them, the first player I threw up on the list, was Eagles quarterback, former Eagles quarterback, Donovan McNabb. He was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles second overall. He was in between two other quarterbacks. It was the last time we had three quarterbacks go in the first three picks. We are fully expecting that to happen this year. But obviously that draft is famous for how bad the other quarterbacks around Donovan McNabb were. Number one was Tim Couch, then Don McNabb goes two to the Eagles, and the, at three, the Cincinnati Bengals draft Akili Smith. And we talked about him 
during the show where we went over the top 10 worst, top 10 quarterbacks taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft. He was, I think he was at number three. So it worked out perfectly with where he was, where he got drafted and where he ended up on the list. Now, I don't have the list in front of me, so I can't really remember. But Donovan McNabb is the most famous, not only because he was by far the best out of those three quarterbacks, but because of the fact of what went down on that draft night. That's also the night the Saints traded their entire draft. Yes, the entire draft for Ricky Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner from Texas who everybody wanted. And the Indianapolis Colts, even though Ricky Williams was highly touted as he was, the Colts defied logic, essentially, after trading away Marshall Falk to the Rams, which at that point didn't look great. But they got Edron James out of it at number four. And then the Saints traded up to number five, I believe it was the fourth and fifth pick, and took Ricky Williams. Everybody expected Ricky Williams to be the first running back off the board, not Edron James, but one of them's in the Hall of Fame, and one of them's a legend on NFL Street. Now, some of you might out, out there might be saying, I'd rather be a legend in NFL Street, but I think most logical people would say they'd rather be an NFL Hall of Famer, which congratulations to Edron on finally getting in. But with the Eagles at number two, they wanted Ed, uh, Ricky Williams, not Edron James. They wanted Ricky Williams. And they typed Donovan McNabb. Do you want to know the the things that followed that announcement of the Philadelphia Eagles with the commissioner going up to the stage and going with the second pick in the two in the nineteen no what wow what year was that two thousand one NFL draft the Philadelphia Eagles select no it wasn't two thousand nineteen ninety nine NFL draft Philadelphia Eagles select Donovan McNabb the crowd went crazy relentless boos relentless booing. They were so dead set on Ricky Williams, they were going to hate Donovan McNabb. And ever since that moment, Donovan McNabb and the Philadelphia Eagles fans' relationship has been shaky, and rightfully so. And we said this at the end of this topic of talking about Mac Jones going to the 49ers. If Mac Jones goes to the 49ers, and you are getting yourself amped up for someone like Justin Fields or Trey Lance, do not boo Mac Jones. We said that at the end of the show, or at the end of that segment, do not do it, because Kyle Brady was the one I put second on that. Kyle Brady was drafted by the New York Jets. The Jets and Eagles, great fan bases, by the way. <laughs> Love, they don't overreact about anything. Never have, and probably never will. They're just two level-headed fan bases right there. And this one, I think, makes a little more sense, getting a little more upset about. <laughs> so the Eagles, or the Jets... Take Kyle Brady, tight end from, I believe, Penn State. I could be getting that wrong. That doesn't make Jets fans happy, especially when you are expecting to get, or wanting, not maybe expecting, but he just falls right in your lap of Warren Sapp, who had a failed drug test or something. Some reports come in about a failed drug test. You know, all the good stuff always comes out (laughs) right as the draft starts. All of the great stuff. That one and probably the Laramie Tunsil thing are two of the most famous draft day. Try someone trying to bash their draft stock or totally ruin their draft stock. Obviously, Warren Sapp went out went on to have a Hall of Fame career at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Oakland Raiders, winning a Super Bowl with the Bucks. And Kyle Brady had a decent career in the NFL, but nowhere near a Hall of Fame career. Ah, uh, 
And Jets fans relentlessly booed Kyle Brady. And want to know what made it worse for Kyle Brady? And I've told my mom this before. My dad and I have made fun of this before. When you are getting made fun of, when you're in a group of friends, or just in general, and you're just getting made fun of, relentlessly getting made fun of, you know what makes them want to make fun of you more? Is if your mom comes out and tries to defend you. And that's exactly what happened. Kyle Brady's mom comes out to defend her son Kyle as the Jets fans are relentlessly booing Kyle Brandt. And his mom on the NFL Films thing, so there's a caught in the draft video. I think it's the 95 NFL draft, 94, 95, can't remember exactly. But he's a, she says, they're going to hear from his mother. You know what kicked off the booing even more? When his mom came out. Because <laughs> that's always, like, playground jokes. It always goes, your mama, or something about your mom. Just something in general. So when your mom comes to, def- quote-unquote, defend you, it's really hurting you more than defending you, which is exactly what happened here. But man, just because you didn't want Kyle Brady, do not boo Kyle Brady. I don't think Kyle Brady said, I want to go to the Jets. They didn't ask the player on where he has to go, and they go, oh yeah, we're going to take you there. Kyle Brady didn't know he was going to the Jets. He was fully expecting to go to the Cleveland Browns, who were then coached by Bill Belichick. He did not think he would go to the Browns. In the caught in the draft thing, he says, wow, this is a complete shock. And it was right. It was a complete shock. No one expected it. But does it mean boo him? Kyle Brady, Donovan McNabb did not go, oh man, I hope I get drafted before <laughs> Warren Sapp, or I hope I get drafted before Ricky Williams, which quarterbacks should always go before running backs in the NFL draft. Unless you're drafting a LaDainian Tomlinson, a Saquon Barkley, a Christian McCaffrey, Adrian Peterson. You get your quarterback before you decide what your running back situation is. Because at that time, the Eagles were not sport for choice as far as quarterbacks were concerned. (laughs) That was not something they were really thrilled about. Now, sometimes that does work out. You see the San Diego Chargers couldn't get a deal done with Michael Vick. Trade back, select LaDainian Tomlinson, get Drew Brees in the second round. But they had a plan in place. That draft was not a good quarterback draft. (laughs) It's a very bad one. And Donovan McNabb is the best one out of the bunch. Especially in the first round. Good lord, especially in the first round. But don't boo. If your team drafts a player you don't want, don't boo them. Packers fans got really mad at Jordan Love for going to the Packers. No, but some people, there's some level-headed fans out there that would be upset with the organization in general. But there's some whack jobs out there that are actually mad about Jordan Love. And then we'll bash him because their organization decided to draft him. I don't know. And then write them off as busts before they've even actually played a single snap in the NFL. Like, oh, he can't play. Why did we draft this guy? And then you just look, oh, wow. Josh Allen actually can play football. Oh, wow. Josh Allen's actually an MVP candidate. But that's not what everybody was saying the night of the draft. <laughs> everybody was saying, dude's a bust and can't play. Look where we are now. The two quarterbacks who are seen as the can't-miss guys of the 2018 draft class are by far the two worst out of the first-round quarterbacks anyways, and Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. Now, I hope, as we talked about Wednesday, that Sam Darnold can rectify his career and regain his confidence with the Carolina Panthers. I think that's a very safe environment to be in for Sam Darnold. But look at that. We talked about Sam Darnold's quote-unquote can't-miss quarterback. He's ready to play right away, which... 
to be fair, he was the first quarterback to play out of those quarterbacks. So, if, hey, you got something right, scouts. Good job, good job, good job. Now, Sam Darnold could be a beast, but uh, uh, I haven't seen a lot about that right now. I think there's a lot of Bills fans out there that when that draft ended, or when that draft, when the Bills selected Josh Allen, there were probably some Bills fans out there that wish they got Sam Darnold instead. And look where we are now, three years later, and there's not a lot of people saying that now. I mean, there's the odd, you know, talking head at ESPN or Colin Coward saying, oh, Sam Darnold's the best quarterback in the AFC East because the Jets beat, you know. this. We're talking about this a lot, but saying they beat six out of the last eight teams to finish seven and nine, and then that's your reasoning for behind why Sam Darnold's the best quarterback in the 2018 draft class or the AFC East. Maybe not the 2018 draft class because that's when Lamar Jackson won the MVP. But in the AFC East, it's pretty not it's not very solid reasoning because if you get now I'm not even gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. If you've heard this show for long enough, we have talked about this since last summer about how bad the Jets are and how that record was not anything to be happy about. If anything, that was the bare minimum they could have gotten. If you didn't finish that season finishing with six out of your eight six out of six wins out of your last eight games. That would have been pretty upsetting if you finished anything less than that. They should have honestly gone eight for eight. They lost a they gave the Bengals and Dolphins their first wins of the season. <laughs> that is impressive stuff for the New York Jets. And we are instantly crowning Sam Darnold the greatest quarterback in the AFC East. Now, it's Zach Wilson's turn. Yes. See which New Jersey quarterback will be the best one this time around. Because, <laughs> oh man, whoever the Jets quarterback is is already the best quarterback in the AFC East. Hopefully that's changed. But Mike Greenberg likes himself some Jets. Loves himself some Jets. He's a Jets fan. I don't. I expect that. As we talked about, Jets, very level-headed groups of fans. <laughs> Saying, oh, I bet Zach Wilson will be talked about as the best quarterback in the AFC East. It will be talked about by some. Maybe not for very long. They might be out the door very quick after they say that. But I will not be surprised if it happens. Will not be surprised whatsoever. There's some people that rated... Two attack of Iola above Josh Allen last year before the season even started. And now, this, the next season, we're talking about how the Jet, the Dolphins should trade him for Deshaun Watson. Great success. Great success. Hindsight's a hilarious thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's always good to go back and correct yourself in hindsight. Or say you didn't think this in hindsight. Oh, yeah. Trubisky was easily a dumb pick. He was the stupid pick to go before... Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. In hindsight, not when you said he's the best quarterback in the draft class, but now that's the cool thing to do to bash on somebody. We're going to be all over it. All over it. Man. I love the draft, but it can be a very, very toxic environment. And it's not fair to the players. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there. Maybe not a lot, but there's a few people out there that would go, oh, these guys are multimillionaires. They could take getting bashed on by people on the internet. Okay. Just because the money they're they're going to inherit in the NFL makes them less of a person to where we can just completely bash them all the time. At 21 years old, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? That's kind of crazy. So while you're watching the draft, I will stress this again, because this is what we talked about at the beginning of the show, like the first 30 seconds. Do not boo or bash your player team drafts until 
probably two, three years down the line. Because around year three, that's the player that he's going to be. Like the Tennessee Titans with Marcus Mariota. They waited. They kept Mike Malarkey as their head coach because they're like, oh, he's going to develop with Mike Malarkey, and he just never did because that's what he is. If he doesn't move on or progress past three years, then it's fine. Then you're moving on. Like the Bears, right, wrong, or otherwise, got rid of Trubisky but did not replace him with anybody that was better than him. You can have your opinions on that. I will say the Bears did not upgrade their quarterback position. Meme-wise, sure. Sure. We got a joke. People that everybody likes to make fun of Trubisky, so we got him out. We're not a laughing stock anymore. I mean, you still are because you're the Bears. But they didn't replace They didn't upgrade him. <laughs> I don't care. Sam Darnold, after three years, gone. I guess Trubisky was four years, but he's gone. But wait a little bit. Do not make your rash decisions right after the draft. It has to wait, fester a little bit, and then you can start getting your opinions through. <laughs> Josh Rosen was a better quarterback than Josh Allen the day after the draft. Three years later, Josh Rosen's on his fourth team and has been off the practice squad on what? Has he been on a real roster since he left the Dolphins? Because he was never on the Buccaneers' active roster. I don't know if he's on the 49ers' active roster. He signed a one-year extension, but I don't know if that's a roster spot. He's never going to start in San Francisco. Because you don't trade up three and then keep Josh Rosen on your roster and plan, oh yeah, we're going to start him eventually. Couldn't even get past Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. I love C.J. Beathard, but man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how that works out. He was a better quarterback the day after the draft. And then now, uh, not. <laughs> oh, man. The 2018 draft class was a that was a fun draft. That's one of the best drafts in regards to quarterback. We knew that going in. That was going to be a great class of quarterbacks. But the, it's just funny that the three that people wrote off at the start of the draft and Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson are easily the three best guys. And you can make an argument for, well, not a very solid argument for Baker Mayfield being the best one, but you can be a good, make a really good argument for Josh Allen Lamar on which one's the best. Baker's comfortably in third. I think most people, most level-headed people, because again, I'm excluding Browns fans there, because again, not a very level-headed group of fans there. They've had a lot of quarterback issues, much like the Bills, but man, I know he broke the playoff curse, got a playoff win and stuff like that, but you gotta look at the things around him and go, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe, uh, and people want to point out the coaching things like, oh, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen wouldn't be able to handle Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson. Yeah, but I think they do just fine with Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. Who's the tight end they got? Austin Hooper. I think they do fine with Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin. I think they do pretty fine with them. I think they do fine with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, two number one running backs on one roster. I think they'd be fine with Joel Petonio, J.C. Treader. I think they'd be Wyatt Teller. I think they'd be really cool with those guys. I think you could throw any quarterback in the NFL, apart from like you know a couple. I don't think Mike Glennon would be able to do the same things Baker Mayfield does, but I think he's a little elevated by how good of a team he has around him on the offensive side of the ball. A very good offense. We go. You go positional rankings. The Browns have the best offensive line, and them and the Colts' best offensive lines, and then have the best one-two punch of running back in the NFL. You know what really helps a quarterback? 
a good off the line in a run game. What do the Browns have that's better than 31 teams in the NFL? 31 other teams? 30 other teams in the NFL? Because, again, the Colts are in there. A run game in <laughs> off the line. But, man, that class is awesome. And then, again, much like the other day. Remember a couple days ago when we talked about who's the Josh Rosen of this draft class? For CBS Sports, post that thing on Instagram about the 2018 draft class is very similar to the 2021 draft class because there's five quarterbacks going in the first round. At the time of the 2021 or 2018 draft class was starting, we were very confident there were four going. That was happening. Obviously, four went in the top ten. That was where everybody was expecting to happen. But Lamar fluctuated from anywhere to 17 with the Chargers to outside of the first round. So that was about his ceiling for how high he was drafted. Right, wrong, or otherwise, that was where he was going to go in the draft. Uh, you can hate that all you want, but that's just the facts. It's not me giving an opinion. That's just what happened. He wasn't going to go any higher than the LA Chargers. Obviously, they took Derwin James. But there was a chance there wasn't going to be five taken. We know for a fact, sitting here 20 days before the draft, that there will be five quarterbacks taken in the draft. In the, not in the draft, the first round. There will be, there'll be a, a lot more than five quarterbacks taken in the draft. As, as always is. You got other quarterbacks will be taken day two, like Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills. Those guys will all go day two. I've heard some inklings that Davis Mills might slip into the first round with teams like the Washington football team, the Bears, the Saints, the Buccaneers maybe, getting quarterbacks on their roster. And those three, the three I just mentioned, I would not be shocked. I don't want you guys to rule it out either. I don't think it will happen. But don't be shocked if one of those three slips in to the first round. Don't be shocked. I don't know how many drafts there have been where six quarterbacks have gone in the first round. But we already know we're setting one record this year with four quarterbacks going in the first four picks. Now we're gonna, we might see six in the first round. Might. I need to stress that. Might. I don't think it will happen, but I'm not going to rule it out. Because I have heard Davis Mills has slipped into some first-round conversations. Somehow. Because he's done a lot less in his college career than Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond have. But some people like him. People like him. I haven't done... as We did this thing with the... We were talking about those three the other day. Doing that grading sheet that Daniel Jeremiah posted a few weeks ago. We did that again. Remember we did that with Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. We did that with Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, and Kyle Trask. I have not... And you can bash me for this all you want. I have not done my due diligence on Davis Mills because, again, the Pac-12 plays a lot later. Don't really care about Stanford. They're not really that good. I mean, they're average. But his first year as a starter, when he beat out KJ Costello, they weren't really anything special. So they were going to play at 9:30, and I don't want to stay up at till nine. I mean, stay up till midnight to one watching Stanford football. This isn't Andrew Luck playing for Stanford anymore. This isn't Christian McCaffrey at Stanford. No, this is a bang average Stanford team. If I'm staying up till 9.30, I'm watching those Stanford teams. I'm watching Marcus Mariota, Oregon. I'm watching some exciting football. Not average Stanford. Now, i got to do my due diligence about that because if and when that happens, again, if it happens, I want to be prepared to give correct analysis to what goes on because statistically it's not really compared comparable at all to Trask and Mond. Not at all. But he's got traits people like. But he's got the baggy sleeves. So that's a that's a red X next to him. But he ran a fast 40. 
five, what was it, four, five, eight, something like that. But the baggy sleeves, man, you gotta cut that out. It might be a little pun there, I guess. Unintentional, but there might be a little pun about cutting those stupid sleeves off. Man. But back to the 2018-21 draft class comparisons again with the quarterbacks. This one, CES Sport had tweeted or posted today of who's the Josh Allen of this draft class. And again, much like with the Josh Rosen thing, it's a pretty straightforward answer. It's Trey Lance. Trey Lance comes from the smaller school. He's a bigger guy. He's a very unique athlete. He's got the highest ceiling and the the lowest floor easily out of these quarterbacks. So that was Josh Allen. I think Trey Lance coming out of college, like looking at them as players in college, Josh Allen did more things that wowed you with like his arm talent, but Trey Lance is coming out as a better player. There's no saying Josh Allen was a bad player at Wyoming, but Trey Lance was a better player coming out of North Dakota State because he rushed for 1,000 yards, threw for almost 3,000, won the Walter Payton and Jerry Rice Awards in FCS level, won a national championship. It's very easy to say Trey Lance was a better player coming out. Prospect, they're kind of varied. Depending on who you ask, you get different answers for each player. But the ceiling is very similar. The floor is very similar. The skill set's very similar. The size is very similar. Now Trey Lance has a lesser of an arm than Josh, but that's how every team in the NFL is too. So that's not really a bashing on Trey Lance. That's He has a good arm. It's just not Josh, Josh Allen level, which no other quarterback has. But yeah, Trey Lance is easily a Josh Allen. And well, before they start posting all of these, let's just go over comparing the 2018 draft class to the 20, 20, 2018 draft class to the 2021 draft class. I mean, it's sitting right in front of us. I think we might as well do it. So we've already talked about Zach Wilson. This is not saying what their career is going to be. This is just comparing them as prospects coming out. Zach Wilson's the Josh Rosen. Zach Wilson is a lot more talented than Josh Rosen, but the comparisons come from, oh, he came from money. Oh, does he really? I mean, Zach Wilson, you don't really hear the, does he care about football thing, with Josh, unlike he had that with Josh Rosen. But the money thing's very similar. People are kind of split with him. I think most people in the NFL view Zach Wilson as the number two quarterback. I think most people view him as the number two quarterback, at least 2A quarterback. But there's some out there that don't like him. But I, I like Zach Wilson a lot. I think he'll have a very successful career in the NFL, as I hope all of these quarterbacks do. But just for comparisons, he's got the same, I don't know what I want to call it, the same, I'm, try, I'm moving my hands around because I'm trying to have a word come to me, but I can't. He's got the same, I can't think of a word. Say I don't know. He just comes from money. That's a lazy comparison, but that's all I've got for you. <laughs> Trey Lance is Josh Allen. Smaller school. Really good athlete. Uh, we don't really know. He has a very high ceiling. Very low floor. Coaching will be a big factor in how Trey Lance develops in the NFL and who the quarterback is he learns from will be also very huge. Now, he could be like Josh Allen. Get thrown into the fire. Get drafted by a team that has a very questionable quarterback right now, i.e. the Denver Broncos where he has to go in right away, where they have a short leash on their starter, or he just plays abs- <laughs> the, the worst game anybody will ever watch is Nathan Peterman versus the Ravens, and then he's just kind of forced to go in. And then if we keep going on that trend, we'll go with Baker Mayfield. That's Mac Jones. Baker Mayfield and Mac Jones are viewed very similarly. 
if I remember correctly, Baker Mayfield to Mike Mayock, just coming off the top of my head, was the number four quarterback in that draft class. Went number one. Mac Jones is not going number one because we have a clear-cut number one, but he's in that topic of, oh, he's overdrafted. I don't view him as a first-round draft pick. You heard hear the same things with Mac Jones as you did with Baker Mayfield. Oh, he's got that infectious personality. Oh, he's a perfectionist. Now, Mac Jones has had two DUIs. Baker Mayfield ran from the police. Now, Mac Jones hasn't done a lot of the same things on, you know, regards to cursing out people as <laughs> Baker Mayfield does. But you can tell by what his teammates think about him. They love him. Baker Mayfield's teammates at Oklahoma loved him. But it's very split on the public opinion on Mac Jones. So that's why I get that comparison there. Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence, uh, they were considered can't-miss prospects. Sam Darnold was widely considered a can't-miss prospect coming out of college or going into the NFL draft, yeah, coming out of college. But he doesn't have the same skill set as Trevor Lawrence. He's not as big as Trevor Lawrence, but they had that aura around him. Everybody was like, oh, Sam Darnold's the best quarterback in the draft. Oh, he's the most ready to play. That's what Trevor Lawrence is. But Trevor Lawrence dominated college football. Sam Darnold has a lot, had a lot more questions about him than Trevor Lawrence did coming out of the draft. But in views of prospect as regards to what the national audience thinks of these guys, those two are the most similar because they were viewed as the top quarterbacks in the draft class by almost everybody. Again, you have the odd person that would say Zach Wilson or even Mac Jones. That's the same thing here. The odd person would say Josh Allen or maybe Josh Rosen. The odd person would say that. But most of the time, you saw Sam Darnold's the number one quarterback. The same thing with Trevor Lawrence. And they both had that infamous quote of, possibly can't miss. More so with Sam, more so with Trevor Lawrence than Sam Darnold. But there were comparisons with like, oh, he's just a stock below John Elway and Andrew Luck in regards to draft prospect, which is basically can't miss from a quarterback perspective. And then Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. Okay? Justin Fields is bigger than Lamar Jackson. Justin Fields is a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. He's not as athletic as Lamar Jackson, but he's coming into that aura of getting overanalyzed a little bit. Very overanalyzed, and that's kind of hurting his stock a little bit. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy and statistically didn't really take a step down, but didn't win the Heisman again. So people are always going to say, oh, well, maybe that was a one-year wonder, even though it wasn't. Justin Fields had a great season. His first year starting at Ohio State. Had a good season his second year at Ohio State. Had games that was a little iffy. Games against Indiana, against Northwestern. But I don't doubt Justin Fields and his ability to make plays with both his arms and his arm and his legs. I value his toughness quite a bit, but he is getting overanalyzed. Oh, he doesn't look past his first read. Oh, he had questionable games. You heard the same things going on about Lamar Jackson. So if I was looking at the 2018 draft class comparing to the 2021 draft class, it would be Trevor Lawrence's Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson's Josh Rosen, Mac Jones is Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields is Lamar Jackson, and Trey Lance is Josh Allen. That's not saying that I that's how I think these guys' careers are going to turn out. They have completely different career trajectories. Maybe... Unlike Lamar and Josh being the best ones, maybe it's Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Maybe it's Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are the two best quarterbacks in the draft. Like, 
They're gonna they're all going to different situations. Trevor Lawrence is also gonna be the first one to start. So that's what Sam Darnold was. Trevor Lawrence is gonna go in day one, be the starter at Jacksonville. Tre- Sam Darnold Grant had to battle for it a little more because Teddy Bridgewater was there, Josh McCown was there. So he kind of had to work his way up, but eventually got the starting job once they traded Teddy to the New Orleans Saints. And then now, Sam Darnold and Teddy are back together in Carolina. But it looks like Teddy's going to get moved on somewhere. Probably to the Broncos or someone like that. But yeah, that's how that's how that's who I would compare them to just based off of prospects. They're not all exactly alike. Like Zach Wilson and Josh Rosen are not the same prospect. But... They do have somewhat similar backgrounds. Questionable injury history. Okay. Come from money. Oh, we hate those people. So yeah, that's that's it. That's it, really. Josh Zach Wilson's more athletic than Josh Rosen was. Zach Wilson's got a better arm than Josh Rosen does. Zach Wilson's teammates have backed him. I don't know if Josh Rosen I can't remember if Josh Rosen's teammates really fully backed Josh Rosen. And just like Zach Wilson, Josh Rosen was expected to go to the Jets until the day of the draft, or the first, the week until the draft, because it was widely expected. Sam Darnold won to the Browns, Josh Rosen three to the Jets. But obviously, Baker Mayfield went one, Sam Darnold three, Josh Allen goes to the Bills at 70, fits the culture more in Buffalo. Cardinals trade up to 10, get Josh Rosen. Ravens trade back into the first round, take Lamar Jackson. Now, based off my last mock draft, we have Trevor Lawrence going one to the Jags, Zach Wilson going to two to the Jets, Mac Jones going to the 49ers at three, Trey Lance going to the Falcons at four, and the Patriots getting Justin Fields at seven. Yeah, that's what I feel right now. I feel pretty confident about that. I think the Patriots really like Justin Fields. That was brought to my attention a couple weeks ago when Jalen Jeremiah talked about that. This I can't remember who exactly a couple weeks ago. It might have been a month ago now. Time's been going really fast around. <laughs> I don't know why. But to me, time just feels like it's going really, really fast. Other people might be going slow. I don't know what to tell you. To me, it's going fast. But he talked about how the Patriots really like Justin Fields. And there's one thing that I took away from that. And then fast forward a couple weeks later, then Robert Kraft comes out with a quote. The Patriots signed a bunch of people in free agency, spent the most money they've ever spent ever. This is a different offseason to what the Patriots are used to. And if you look at Peter Schrager's mock draft, he's a writer, personality, for NFL Network. He does good morning football. He's on a lot of the top 10 things on NFL Network. But he came out with a mock draft today and had Justin Fields going to the Patriots, but them trading up to four with Atlanta. I have heard that. I have heard that quite a bit of the Patriots trading up, trying to get a trade somewhere in the 4-5 range. So I would not be surprised if that were to happen. But I just liked the idea of Trey Lance going to Atlanta so much I couldn't do it, even though... Even though, looking at my mock draft objectively, which is what I always try to do, there might be a chance that Justin Fields does go number four to the Patriots. And then that would mean that I think Mac Jones is probably going to Denver. Because that was one of my main issues there. Whether I wanted these quarterbacks to go to these different situations, different places, I just liked the idea of the Jags, Jets, 49ers, Falcons, and Patriots all drafting quarterbacks. So if the Falcons don't draft one, which I think there's like a, I'm 50-50 on the Falcons in that quarterback situation. Actually, let's split this up a little more. What's, huh, 25, let's do it by quarters. 25% of me 
thinks the Falcons will stay put and draft Trey Lance. 25% of me, the other 25%, number two, is that they draft Kyle Pitts. Number three, that 25%, thinks they'll trade back with the New England Patriots and take a defensive player. And the last 25% is they trade up with the Broncos, trade back with the Broncos, and then draft an offensive lineman or a defensive player. You do a lot more things with that ninth pick as opposed to the 15th pick. So that kind of opens up more ways the Falcons could attack the NFL draft as opposed to picking 15th, where then you know they're going to draft a defender. Versus 9, where they could still do a lot of different things there. But those are my four things I think the Falcons are doing. Probably that order, too. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that order. That was just the things that popped in my head. Trey Lance, either they draft Trey Lance, draft Kyle Pitts, trade with the Patriots, or trade with the Broncos. Those are the four things the Atlanta Falcons are doing. I'm not 100% confident in that order. Because that was just the first things that popped in my head. But those are all extremely likely scenarios with that pick. And speaking of Trey Lance and Kyle Pitts, they'll be attending the 2021 NFL Draft. We have two, four, six, eight, ten players going to the NFL Draft this year in Cleveland. That is Mac Jones from Alabama, the quarterback from Alabama, Trey Lance from North Dakota State, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, Christian Barmore, Gregory Rousseau, Micah Parsons, Caleb Farley, and Patrick Sertan II. Those are your 10 players, or the first player. First, I guess that's not the 10 players that are going. Those guys are going, but they're not the only players that are going to the NFL draft. Okay? That is the first round of players that have accepted invitations. There could be more players that accept invitations as the days go on as we get closer to the NFL draft. But those are the first wave of players we have. And there was some, like, News that was going around. I don't know why this was a headline of Trevor Lawrence is not going to the NFL draft. He's staying home. Players do that all the time. I don't know why. Like, Baker Mayfield didn't go to the NFL draft. Wasn't really talked about that much. Mike Williams from the Chargers didn't go to the NFL draft. Phillip Rivers didn't go to the NFL draft. Who are some other players that didn't go to the NFL draft? Trying to remember. I would go. But I do like the idea of sitting around with the people that were there going through the whole process, sitting there in your house or something comfortable. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't really need to dress up. You can kind of just rock with what you're rocking at that point in time. You don't need to put on a suit and tie, but that could also be fun. You know, people like to show off their dress sense a little bit. I, for one, would probably, if we're going off the style factor, would opt for the stay home thing because, you know, uh, I have worn, I think, like recently, I have worn one suit in the last, probably since I was a ring bearer at my aunt and uncle's wedding. That was probably the last time I wore a suit and tie. <laughs> it was my friend Jacob's wedding, which was in November of 2019. Other than that, I cannot say I'm a very big suit person. I have worn like nice pants and nice shirts before, but I've never worn the full suit, which is what you got to do for the NFL draft. You can't rock like I usually rock when I'm dressing quote-unquote nice and wear a button-down shirt and khakis and then a pair of Nike skate SB shoes, Stefan Janowski shoes or something like that. You can't do that in the NFL draft. You need to spice it up a little bit. I'm not one that would ha has the patience to do all that. I don't really care what I look like 
But for those situations, for the big time events like that, you got to dress up a little bit. I would probably, for just going off that, would probably opt for the stay home, wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt with a hat. That's usually what I'm rocking anyways. I got a Bill sweatshirt on with some Adidas soccer pants on and socks. I'm pretty, I'm rocking it right now. This is what I usually wear all the time anyways. It's just this, this is my default setting right here. Sweatpants, sweatshirt, socks. Rarely go without socks, and I feel really weird if I don't wear socks. I don't know why some people can just rock around with no socks on at any point in the day. I don't know how that can happen. I feel so gross. I don't like I don't like feet in general. And then when I look at my feet, I don't like looking at my feet very much. I try to hide them as much as possible. Like, you know, if you're sitting down on the couch or something, there's an ottoman there, like tucking it under tucking your feet under something, or sitting all weird on the couch like sideways with your feet kind of up towards your butt or something like that. I I just don't like feet, especially my feet. You ever seen a a flipper? Now it's not that big. But it's as flat. <laughs> it's not. It's about as flat as it. Now, my old roommate, Steven, who we've talked about numerous times in the show. He's been in a few videos of mine. He's got actual flippers. Where mine's just as flat as a flipper, his are as long as a flipper, too. I, dude, I don't know how big his feet are. Probably size 15s. But, man, he got some long feet. Like Kevin Durant feet. You, ever, you guys have seen that picture of Kevin Durant's feet? It's one of the more disturbing pictures you see because it shouldn't that shouldn't be allowed. I don't know if that was the way the picture was taken or his feet are actually that unnaturally long. I could be wrong about that. Maybe it is just a picture, but the way I look at it, it was not very fun. To, it, it wasn't fun to look at. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but man, and I could never do the I've di- th- I did this for the first time ever. So I shouldn't say I'll never do it because I have done it once in my life for Easter. We went on Saturday for church. Instead of the normal Sunday service, we went at night. And I rocked the no sock with the shoes and shorts on. You know, when I say frat boy look, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like Sperry's with no socks and some... What do they call those shorts? Chubby shorts I'll never wear, okay? But I rocked the no socks, low shoes with the shorts, and I felt weird. I did not like it whatsoever, but I did it. I don't know. I don't know why I did it. I felt weird doing it, but it looked better than wearing my white Nike socks, the like basketball socks, than with the no socks, but it felt so weird. I don't know if I could pull that off with the suit, you see a lot of players doing that. I've got very, very, I can't stress it enough, very. Like with those style of shoes they've got on, I'd love to rock the pointy shoes, like we got all the spikes over it. But if they're shoes that are small, like, I don't know what you call those things. The tongue of the shoe is like very close to the toe. My feet are so white. They don't see the sun very often. So the second they see the sun's like, boom, burnt instantly, instantaneous burnt. So I, I, I couldn't do that, especially with the pants they be, they're rocking, like they're a little higher too. I don't know what my style for the NFL draft would be, but I think if we're just basing it off of the dressing up factor, 
And I don't want to deal with any of my family members in that too, because I have got no patience for them when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> but, oh man, I need like a professional guy in there or something, or girl, or someone to help me out here. Maybe that, if I was going to the NFL draft, I would hope I had a girlfriend because, you know, being an NFL draft, a drafted athlete in any sport really helps your chances with getting a girlfriend. Being a, no, though, being a former D1 quarterback at the NAI level, but D1 quarterback nonetheless, that doesn't get you a lot. And then when you're retired from being a D1 quarterback at the NAI level, it doesn't help a lot. But if you're an old man, you're the starting quarterback that's going to get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, whoo, you're going to get a girlfriend. That's where, yeah, okay. If I was getting drafted, I'd probably have a girlfriend at that point. You would expect so, right? If you don't have a girlfriend, you're getting drafted the first round of the NFL draft. I'm not saying you have to be dating her much longer after that, but you have to have a girlfriend going into the draft. It's like a must. It's a must. You can't be going in there looking like Joe Schmo. You look like the average human out there. You're an NFL day one athlete. You know, the average person. The average person is me (laughs) who doesn't have a girlfriend. Who talks about you people. You're supposed to be the one with the dazzling girl on your side. And then she goes off and talks to other people because you're sitting there doing nothing because you're going a lot later than what you expected. I.e., for those of you who don't know, go watch the Brady Quinn draft video. Brady Quinn's girlfriend dipped like at pick 15. He got picked 22nd or something. He was getting, he was dropping so much. Roger Goodell, was that was his first year as the commissioner, invited him to sit in his room because he didn't want Brady Quinn to get the cameras all over, the, all over his face. Like, that's, gotta have a girlfriend going in the draft. Like, Baker Mayfield had one, but he was at home, so it doesn't matter. Josh Allen had one. I don't know if Josh Rosen did have one, but that turns, see how, see what get, not having a girlfriend at the NFL draft does to you? Man. I don't know if Lamar did either, but we're using Josh Rose as an example. We are using things that help my argument, okay? Well, the fact that Lamar Jackson had one or didn't have one is re- irrelevant to the story because I'm focusing on you, Josh Rosen. See what happens when you're a one percenter in the NFL? One, uh, one, uh, there's some crazy statistic of how many high school athletes go to the NFL. Not only the NFL, like not only getting drafted, just going to the NFL in general is extremely small. So you can call it like the 0.02%. It is a crazy small percentage. I didn't think this show would turn into me talking about what I would do if I was getting drafted. Now there's a chance. Never rule it out. I've got two years of eligibility left. Doctors say I shouldn't play again, but you know what? What do they know? What do they know? They don't don't know anything. (laughs) I'm going to go back. Try out for you and I, make the roster, obviously, and then get concussed again and then, you know, be worse off than what I am right now. Great success. But hey, at least I played for a D1 program at the NCAA level. I love the NAIA, but man, saying you played D1 for an NAIA school hits a little differently than when you drop, I played D1 for an NCAA school. Man, NFL draft. (laughs) You ever see, this is the fun part. Chaos ensues. It's like April Madness. What, what should we call this? Because March Madness works because it's two M's. But then ironically goes into April. What should we call 
the draft. April atrocities. You never know what's going to happen. It could be something terrible, but it could be awesome atrocities. I don't know. We're going to stop that before I hurt my brain even more than it already is. But, man, one thing that these players can be excited about going into the NFL draft is the fact that the NFL is expected to pass a rule that will relax jersey number restrictions. And one gripe I have with this, there's one big issue I have with the NFL jersey number thing that's popping off. It's the fact that D linemen cannot wear single-digit numbers. One of my favorite things in college football, it's most notably at Notre Dame. You see it more at Notre Dame than any other program, but they always have one monster dude on their defense wear a single-digit number. And it's always like number one. That is awesome. If we're going to relax jersey numbers for every position, I mean, off to line, you don't really see off to linemen wearing single-digit numbers. That I don't really know if you'd even need to have a restriction. I don't think there'd be a lot of old linemen that would willingly go, I want to wear number two. But they're going to stick between that 50 and 79 range. That's fine. D-line, though. There's always some fun D-linemen wearing these tiny numbers. Like, you just go to Google Images. It's so awesome to see the big dude rocking a single-digit number. It's like, what? how did you get down there? Why are you there? How did you get that number over a kicker? Because kickers always have to have number one. But all the other positions, other than O-line and D-line, can wear single-digit numbers. So for those of you who don't know what those other positions are, it's quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, D-back, linebacker. Those are your other positions. Quarterbacks, they're going to keep that in the 1-19 range. And I'm also upset about the quarterback number thing. I would love to see, like, John Hadle wearing 21, Bobby Lang 22, and then my all-time favorite quarterback number, Otto Graham, number 60. Why can't we have the D-linemen wear the tiny numbers, and have quarterbacks have the opportunity to wear the big numbers. Why can't that be a thing? Doug Flutie wore 22 in college. Why can't he wear it in the NFL? I love John Hadle. John Hadle, Chargers quarterback. 21. That's awesome. You want to see that a little bit more. Bernie Corsar wore number 20 at Miami. And that infamous Flutie, the Hail Mary Flutie play, we had two quarterbacks that wore numbers in the 20s. Bernie Corsar was number 20. Doug Flutie was 22. I want to see that at the NFL. I want number 60 to be back as a quarterback number. I know Otto Graham wore 14 as well. That's not how I view Otto Graham. I view him as number 60. So NFL, relax the jersey numbers for every single number. What wide receiver is going to wear 45? That's not going to happen. But you relax the wide receiver numbers to 49, 1 to 49, Relax the quarterback numbers, too. You should just go 1-60, to 60 just so I can get autogram numbers back in there. I want to customize a jersey for... Not customize, I want to buy a quarterback jersey that has some ridiculous number. If Devin Gardner made the NFL, he wore 98 in, re, in honoring of Tom Harmon, former Michigan Heisman Trophy winner. Like, 98 as a quarterback? Like, come on. NFL. Give us some numbers, a little more number restrictions here. If we're going to exercise this for certain positions, we got to raise it a little bit. Quarterbacks, I want them to be wearing 20s and 60s again. D-line, I want them to be wearing single digits. I love single-digit D-line numbers. It's one of my favorite things in college football. One of the best things. I don't really care 
about wide receivers, running backs, all those guys, they wear single numbers all you want. Even though there's some legendary players that wear single-digit numbers in college, like LaDainian Tomlinson wore five, Reggie Bush wore number five, because I'm guessing of LaDainian Tomlinson, born in San Diego, or from San Diego, I think it makes sense that he'd wear number five because of LaDainian Tomlinson. Todd Gurley wore number three. Keith Marshall, I don't know why he was the next running back I thought of, but he wore number four for Oklahoma. Tyler Goodson at Iowa wears 15. Like You can have some good running back. I don't know why I threw Keith Marshall and Tyler Goodson in a conversation with LaDainian Tomlinson, Reggie Bush, and Todd Gurley, but that's where we are. That's the world we live in. All the Miami running backs from the early days, Edron James, I think, wore four. They had some good, big numbers, tiny numbers down there. So we restricted them for them. But I want my big boys and my quarterbacks to wear big numbers as well. 1-99 to for every position is my new thing. But you can keep the 50-79 to thing for O-Lyman because they're not going to do that. Oh, I mean, I've never done that because you have those unrestricted numbers in college football and you never see it then. You know how awesome that would be to see a center rocking up with number four? Just like the most random number ever, just walking up wearing number four as a center? It would throw off so many people. Now you have the, the what do they call them? They're not really tight ends, but they're the big boys that wear that play tight end, like the 350-pound tight ends. You had a dude at Baylor that was like that. Now I think he wore 88, but... You have them wearing smaller numbers that are not O-line numbers. Typical O-line numbers. Man. But then they threw in a bunch of examples of this, like Derrick Henry. He's another running back that wore a low-digit number. He wore number two. Zeke wore 15. Jalen Ramsey, number eight. Stephon Diggs wore number one. Michael Thomas wore three. Alvin Kamara, six is a way cooler number than 41, but he's worn it for so long, maybe he wants to keep numbers 41 instead of moving back to a way cooler number in six. But yeah, that, that's my gripe. With the, oh, gee, I didn't even see. Okay, this is something new. I didn't see the running back restrictions, too. The running backs can wear 80, 80 to 89, which I guess was already a thing because Ty Montgomery's been a running back for however many years now since he switched from wide receiver with the Packers. He's worn 88 the rest of his career. He's a running back, but I, I don't know. Do they still list him at wide receiver, which is why he's able to do it? I don't know. I don't know. Time will tell. I don't know how that works out for them, but that's kind of cool. But yeah, give quarterbacks big numbers. Give D line. And why do we restrict? What defensive back? I mean, I know we are. This isn't even a restriction. This is already what it was. But no defensive back is going to wear forty nine. I mean, there's some Reed Sorensen or not Reed. Uh, what's his name? Reed Sorensen, the Chiefs loser, the Chiefs safety. The, I don't know what his name is. Sorensen. I can't remember his name. He wears forty nine. But that's the type of player that wears forty nine. Sorensen. I don't even know his first name, but he's one of the most annoying players I've ever laid my freaking eyes on. Oh, man. But I'm excited to see low numbers in the NFL again. So, like, players like Travis Etienne can keep number 9. Greg Rousseau can keep 15. What other players are going to get drafted pretty high? Quiddy Pay can keep his number. What other players have low digits? Jalen Phillips could keep 15 as well. So, you got, it's fun. Devontae Smith, J- Jamar Chase... Jalen, I mean, Jalen always wears 17, but Chase could go with number one or seven now because technically his number was seven before the season, before he opted out of the season because he switched because that's LSU's big number. Seven and 18 are LSU's big time numbers, like means something more to the organization. You have those with every team, I think, or most teams. LSU's is seven and eight. Seven's usually the best player. 18, I think, is their best leader thing. 
If I remember correct, I think that's right. I could be wrong. LSU fan, if you if you're if there's LSU fans out there that are listening that know this better than I do, tell me. Cause I would love to know. But yeah, speaking of Jamar Chase, we're doing so good with these transitions today. It's beautiful. We have Bengals legend, Anthony Munoz, one of the greatest left tackles of all time, arguably the greatest left tackle of all time, depending on who you ask. Now you got like Orlando Pace is definitely going to be mentioned up there. Jonathan Ogden is going to be mentioned up there as well. But Anthony Munoz has a say in that regard on the greatest tackle of all time. His, his pinkies would like to say something to you too about how great of a tackle he is. If you don't know what that is, go look up some pictures of Anthony Munoz's pinky fingers and you'll see what I'm talking about. And with Anthony Munoz, obviously, Bengals legend, he was one of the few gr- really good players on those Bengals teams, the Bungles, as they're more affectionately known at that time. He said, I think if my name was Joe Burrow, I'd be pretty happy. This is on the Bengals drafting Panay Sewell. Obviously, as a former offensive lineman, he's going to sign with the offensive lineman. Every player, every former player, if they played a sport, they're going to side with the position they played more often than not. Sometimes they could disagree with them, but offensive lineman, that circle's a little tighter than most other positional circles in the NFL, or just in sports in general. Offensive line's a pretty tight-knit group. If you played offensive line for any level of college, you're in that specific club, and it's it's a neat club. It's a pretty neat club. But, yeah, I think Joe I, – we've talked about this before. The Bengals cannot mess up the fifth overall pick. It is impossible. There is a chance that all four quarterbacks go in the first four picks. Or all four. Top four quarterbacks go in the first four picks. The Bengals will have a chance to draft Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, go rogue and draft Micah Parsons. Like, they could do anything. They have the best player available. That is their draft strategy. The player they want, they're going to get. Unless the Falcons trade back with, like, the Cowboys who are viewing Kyle Pitts. If the Bengals want Kyle Pitts, then fair play to him. See, that's my main problem. Back to the Falcons thing. That's my main problem with predicting trades with the Falcons because I don't know if they'd want to trade all the way back to 15. I think the 9-10 range is a lot more feasible because there was a report today that the Cowboys really like Kyle Pitts and with the Bengals thinking about drafting, the Falcons have been linked to him as well. The Dolphins have been linked to him. There might be a chance the Falcons trade back with the Cowboys instead of a team like the Broncos and Patriots and draft Kyle Pitts. I'm not going to rule out that possibility either because everybody there's a lot of things going around about the fourth overall pick and just the top four of the NFL draft. That would throw a wrench to the fire of a lot of teams' mock drafts, wouldn't it? Having Kyle Pitts go fourth overall to the Cowboys. But I ain't going to rule it out. I'm definitely not going to rule it out. But if the Bengals, if that doesn't happen, so we're going to go with the scenario of the whoever trades up with the Falcons drafts quarterback. So you have four quarterbacks going four picks. Bengals had the best player available mentality, and that could be either one of the guys we just mentioned, which is a great thing to have for an NFL draft. You love to have those opportunities. Not every team gets that. Because this is the first time in NFL history this is going to happen, where we got four quarterbacks possibly going in the first round, first four picks. Oh, man, to be sitting at number five. There was a chance when the season ended, Bengals fans out there were a little upset that they got the fifth picks. They couldn't get Sewell. Now they're going to get Sewell plus a ton of other great players. And now they might not even be looking at Sewell anymore. Could be looking at Chase. Could be looking at Kyle Pitts. Could be looking at Slater. I don't know. A lot of fun things to think about 
with the 2021 NFL Draft. And I, for one, am very, very excited. And I saw this. We talked about this a little bit ago about teams viewing quarterbacks a certain way. Before we close out today's show, Charlie Cashley, who's a former GM of the NFL, he's the one that was the GM of the Redskins, or the then Redskins, the Washington football team now, for those newer viewers to the NFL, who traded back with the Saints, got the entire draft, and then did absolutely nothing with an entire draft. Did absolutely nothing with it. But he was a GM of the, the Washington football team. He was the GM of the Houston Texans when they were first starting up. Didn't give Der- David Carr any off the line whatsoever, as we said. Sat 76 times in his rookie season. But he went out, he said, I surveyed 23 teams on their ranking of the top five QBs in the NFL draft. All 23 teams had Trevor Lawrence 1 and Zach Wilson 2. The remaining rankings was Zach Wilson or Justin Fields 3, Trey Lance 4, Matt Jones 5. Interestingly, for third place, Fields had 13 votes, Lance had 6, Jones had 4. Interesting. We already knew that most, we said this before, most teams view Zach Wilson as the number two guy. There's going to be people that view Justin Fields as number two. Some that view Trevor Lawrence as number two. Mac Jones as number two. But man, all I know is, regardless how you view quarterbacks in this draft class, don't boo them. Don't boo them when they get drafted. Boo them three years down the line. <laughs> you got a safety net of three years. Then I give, it's like the, oh no. Batman, oh my god, I almost forgot Dark Knight Rises. I was completely blanking. Now you have my permission to boo. Like he's talking to Bane, or Bane's talking to Batman. Like, then you have my permission to die. No, now you got my permission to boo. After three years, sure, have at it. Let all your hatred flow through you. And boo these 24-year-old quarterbacks at this time. 25-year-old quarterbacks. But not draft night. Draft night's supposed to be a fun night for them. Don't do that. But if they're an a-hole when they're playing, if they're not very good, I mean, I don't want you to boo, but I'll I'll allow it. I'll allow you to boo. But not on draft night. I don't want that to happen on draft night. I don't want that to happen for any of them. And I can just feel it happening to Mac Jones. And I don't want it to happen to him. Like I said last show, I don't want. I don't think the 49ers should draft Mac Jones number three. But I'll defend Mac Jones. To the hills, I'll defend Mac Jones. And I rank him number five of my quarterback rankings, too. But the hatred towards Mac Jones is kind of ridiculous at this point, And I will defend him. If you want to talk to me about Mac Jones, go ahead. But I will blast you if you start saying that he can't play. Because he can. He did. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to end it on for this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. You and I place North Dakota State tomorrow. So Saturday, for those of you listening, if you didn't know what day tomorrow was. But it's going to be a fun game. going to be a very, 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 very fun game. It wouldn't have, It's not going to be as fun as it would have been if this was a normal season. We saw Trey Lance playing in a, a packed Unidome. That would have been a lot more fun. But Zeb Nolan there, uh, it's not really as fun. You and I hasn't played in a couple weeks because the game last week in South Dakota got canceled due to COVID concerns, I'm assuming. I guess I didn't really read into that. But it'll be fun. So make sure you go and tune in to, I'm assuming, ESPN+. Plus. Watch you and I, North Dakota State. It's weird how this is the last game of the season for them. Regular season. Which is exactly what I'm talking about, how this fast few months went by extremely fast. So yeah, go watch some college football tomorrow. Get ready for the NFL draft. Do your mock drafts if you haven't done them ready already. Just do everything. Because it's getting, we're 20 days away. T-minus 20 days to the NFL draft. 
So I'm Logan Blackman signing off. I will see you guys on Monday. Hopefully you have the video out by then. Peace.